Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So, folks, what, what has been uh, one of the axiomatic truths of the Dan Bongino show from day one? What have I always told you? Don't ever forget this. We conservatives think liberals are people with really bad ideas, right? Clear on that? That's not exactly how liberals think of us. Liberals think we're bad people with ideas. That's a whole lot different than us thinking they're people with bad ideas. You get it? I'll go into that because the response to President Trump's, <laughs> Joe, I know you've heard this often, but the response to President Trump's uh, infection with the coronavirus is just downright um, deranged by many. Um, sick, disgusting, filthy. You're an embarrassment to your kids, your family, your grandparents, your family name, your neighbors, anyone who claims you if you are celebrating President Trump's illness. It's really disgusting. I got a lot to get to today. It's a Monday. We are taping this show early, so forgive us. I have a medical procedure this week. I'll keep you all updated. Um, either way, we're hoping uh, there'll be some treatment options. So, you know, don't worry too much about me. We'll be A-OK. But uh, we are taping a little early, so forgive us if we miss a little bit um, of breaking news this week. I know it's always a busy news cycle. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today. Don't wait from prying eyeballs. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait another minute. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, folks. Producer Joe, how are you today on this Monday? Fine, sir. I'm a bad man. Remember Muhammad Ali said what? that? Yeah. Uh, I'm a bad uh, man. Yeah, but you yeah. sounded nothing at all <laughs> like my. Did you saw your face? What the hell is he doing? I don't doing? know what's funnier. Your, yeah, uh, your uh, outrageous responses to my questions or yeah. my responses to your outrageous responses <laughs> to my questions. I get tons of people. They're like, is your, are your reactions to Joe sincere? Yes. yes. I have no idea yes. what Joe's got. I don't coach him through oh, any. Yeah. They are 100%. Joe and I are from a totally different era. Ah, yes. Totally. Joe is from the 1970s, 1980s talk radio era where they would do, do what they call puking on the radio. Hey, welcome, <laughs> buddy. And we don't do, I, I just, no. <laughs> not, totally not my bag of donuts. <laughs> so that, yes, it is. I'm sincere. from Popeye. You're All right, from let me get man. right to there it. There we go. <laughs> let me take a little sip of this. Hold on. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Having a little bit of That's throat okay, issues today. Mm. I'm drinking green tea, as you can see. What is this? Uh, Organic Bigelow, Bigelow green tea, free plug for Bigelow there. Good deal. Because I said, you know, I hear it, it defeats you know cancer and stuff like that. Joe's like, yeah, if you drink twenty two gallons of it, it'll do all, all you want. Whatever, we'll try it. It can't hurt, right? It ain't gonna all hurt. All right, all right. Enough joking around. Because right, I'm for series, I'll go on all day. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Aslo. Hey, small business banking. There's only one name you need to know. It's Aslo. Aslo. Aslo offers a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, no minimum balance requirements, and no maintenance or overdraft fees. Instead of the days it takes at a traditional bank where you'd still require to, be, uh, to go in person, with Aslo, you just go to azlo.com, aslo.com, and apply in minutes. There's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you deposit up to $1,000 and access it instantly. And now they've launched the all-new Aslo Pro Bundle for only $10 a month with tools like unlimited envelopes to organize your money, discounted instant transfers, and the ability to set up recurring invoices. You can't, you can't beat that. Because you listen to this podcast, you can try Aslo Pro free for 14 days at aslo.com slash Bongino. Aslo's banking services are provided by BBVA USA, member FDIC. Money Magazine called Aslo the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs. Because it is. 
and Aslo's co-founders one of Fortune Magazine's latest 40 Under 40. Learn more with a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide to get started right now and get an Aslo Pro free 14-day trial at aslo.com slash Bongino. No minimum positive uh, required. Get started for free at aslo.com slash Bongino, spelled A-Z-L-O.com slash Bongino. Go today, the best in business banking. All right, Joe, let's go. See, Joe's a sound effects guy from this. I used to do bells and stuff in the uh, yeah. 70s and 80s. With Joe. <laughs> Jeez, oh, what would I do without him? He was with me from the beginning. In my basement. Remember in our basement? It was a small time sure. I would drilling the thing into the desk. How hot everything. it was we, in there. Jeez, me trying to drill it into the desk. Yeah. yeah, that was hysterical. We, yeah. we, that, we had such a small time operation back then. Yeah, it was cool. That little closet. Yeah. Remember Gail Trotter came over? We did the interview. Three of us crammed in, in there closet, like sardines. yeah. yeah. You remember that? An old Severna Park house. Now yeah. we're all fancy now. What happened? There you go. All right, let's get to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, the liberal response to President Trump's COVID-19 infection is just downright deranged. Not everyone. There have been some people I've highlighted. Tulsi Gabbard, who I thought gave a uh, gave a, a, a nice statement on social media, wishing the president well, and others have too. I, I don't want to do what they do to us and grossly stigmatize an entire movement. But the reality is there are a lot of psycho lunatics out there, uh, people like Cardi B, who's just uh, disgusting and gross. I mean, listen to her songs. Oh my gosh, you're not allowed to say that. They're just talking about their lived experience. Yeah, but a song called WAP. Look up what that means. Just not in front of your kids. Um, who basically thinks it's funny. Um, she says, I bet you want to wear your mask. Nah, Hank Cardi B's probably got the IQ of a four-year-old. Um, she does, you know, and they all think they're, they're all fake tough guys too. We all get it and fake... Tough mm. gals and her kid. We, I've heard it all. I, I get it. Paul and I grew up in the streets of New York City. We get it. I've heard the routine before. Ah, oh, whatever. I'm going to kick your ass. Okay, hard pass. Take it to someone who gives a damn. It ain't me, Cardi B, and your 90 IQ stupid tweet. I bet you think I wore a mask now. Cardi B doesn't even know what a mask is. I bet you think you, were, you want to wear some clothes now. You ever see your video, WAP? <laughs> oh. Go look that up. Okay, this is Cardi B, the great intellect of our yeah. time on the left. So, of course, she had to dive in and attack the president who um, is very sick with this with dreadful disease. Um, you had others as well, people like Ture, um and other left-wing lunatics. And again, it goes back to the staple of the Dan Bongino show. My warning to you that we're not fighting the same fight. We are fighting liberals because their ideas are really stupid. Heavy government confiscation of money to high taxation, public education dominated schools with no school choice, government run health care. These are all failed ideas that have been tried and have failed and have killed people in the past and destroyed lives. We fight against those ideas. Liberals don't see it that way. Liberals will take any position on any matter, no matter what, because they just hate you because you oppose them. So again, Whereas we think liberals are people with bad ideas, they think we're bad people with ideas. That is a different fight. And when you understand that, you'll see why I've committed me and my show and this audience on a road and a mission every day down this path of fighting back against these people and understanding the fight they're waging against us. You want fancy time? You want s'mores roasting time? You want campfire songs? Go to another show. This isn't it. Because I know what we're fighting against. Because having run for office and been behind the scenes in the White House, I've seen what these press people and these other lunatics do. They hate you. They literally hate you and want the president dead. It's disgusting. You don't believe me if these people are sick? Here is an utter lunatic 
who is in the U.S. Senate, not a local senator, that'd be bad enough. This is a United States senator, a moron by the name of Chris Murphy, or as Tucker always says, I love when Tucker gives people's names. He goes, called. He calls him called. A man called Chris Murphy. So this guy's a, a D canoe by the name of Chris Murphy, who after he found out the president was sick with a potentially deadly virus in some cases, coronavirus, he decides to go on a cable news channel and say this. What I can tell you is that it's much bigger and bolder and smarter than it was in 2016. Uh, the Russians have learned uh, and they are now trying to use U.S. persons and uh, fake websites in order to uh, proffer a narrative that helps President Trump's reelection. And I also think that you have to be you know, much more serious about the Russian threat given today's news. If President Trump can't be out there on the campaign trail for the next two weeks, then he is going to rely on his surrogates. And unfortunately, one of his surrogates is Vladimir Putin. So you are likely going to see this campaign ramped up by Russia over the next few weeks to try to substitute for the president's absence on the campaign trail. And my worry is that the intel agencies uh, are not being clear with the American people about the size of the Russian operation uh, and their clear desire to try to elect President Trump to a second term. Imagine being this guy's parents having spawned this complete life loser. Imagine being Mr. and Mrs. Murphy and knowing this moron is your kid. Huh. Can you imagine the horror? Like when they go out to public events, do you think they wear hats? You think they put the masks up extra high, like over the, over their eyeball, like they just creep out over? The, remember the guy like from the Tool Man show, Tim the Tool Man, yeah. Taylor the neighbor, what was yeah. his name, Mr. Wilson or whatever? Do you think the they do yeah. that? Like they never creep above the fence so nobody can see their full face? I, I mean, I would. If this was my son, I'd be embarrassed. I would change my, no, I actually keep my name Murphy because it's so common. They may not know you're, unlike Bongino, where everybody knows I'm related because there's only a few of us. Murphy, this guy's parents may not be embarrassed because it's Murphy, like Brown or Smith. And they may, what a loser. What a zero. The president's sick and all he can think to say is to redo the collusion hoax and say, well, now that he's off the campaign trail, one of his surrogates is Vladimir Putin. It's really amazing that in a wonderful country of 330 million people, amazing, and I don't mean that in a good way, that the worst among us, the biggest losers, zeros, low IQ, egomaniacs, have managed to all find their way into the United States Senate. It's just incredible. You know, it brings me back to another thing I've discussed in this show, given light of the terrible situation with the president. And may the Lord, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, bless, bless the family of the president, the president himself, the first lady, everyone else as well. My good friend, Mike Lee, Tom Tillis, and others with the strength they need to get through this very dangerous virus. That's all that needs to be said. And by the way, to any Democrat politician who gets infected, God forbid, or was infected with this and has recovered, I hope the Lord blesses you too with that strength. Because we're not savages on this show like Chris Murphy, moron, class A gold medal winning moron in the moron Olympics. See, here's the problem. Something else I've discussed in this show before. The problem with Democrats, that's, you know, not an issue with us on the conservative side is we have an emergency break in our behavior. Our emergency break is we're generally faithful people. I'm not saying there are no faithful people on the uh, Democrat side of that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm simply suggesting to you that the radical left is foregone faith a long time ago. They believe in a secular, non-God-oriented planet that's just a rock out here and it's all by chance. Well, you're good. You do your thing. Um, I'll do mine. That's fine. But by believing in faith and a higher power, which dominates on the conservative side of the aisle, 
we have an emergency break in our behavior because we believe God, whatever God you may worship, I know mine, has bestowed upon people big R, God-given rights, freedom, the right to speak freely, the right to assemble. If these are God-given rights, only protected by a constitution, not enshrined by one, that puts an emergency break in our behavior. We're not allowed because we have an allegiance to a higher power, not man. We're not allowed. It's immoral to wish death on other people. It's immoral to wish harm on them. It's immoral while they're convalescing in a hospital or at home to attack them. It's not right. I'm not saying we don't make mistakes. I'm not saying this show doesn't get hot and hostile because we do. But we don't do that. In times we have, I've regretted it. Even when we talk about Joe Biden and his obvious cognitive decline, it's obvious he's in the early stages of a severe cognitive crisis. There's only a few times I think we've stepped out of line. And we have where I thought it was wrong. And even some listeners have said, you know what? Handle that with care. And you're right. But he is running for president. It is fair game to discuss. But you should discuss it the right way. And we've tried. Even if we failed sometimes. But the president of the United States is a human being. Him and his wife are ill. Could be seriously ill. Hopefully by the time this podcast airs, he's doing a lot better. This is no time for jokes. It's not funny. And to people like Cardi B, a life loser, really a life loser who just is a grotesque human being. Yeah, I said it. And you know what? There's nothing. How do you feel? There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. What are you going to do? Send me another rap song? You're going to send WAP my way? The explicit version? What are you going to do? The answer is you're going to do nothing. You're, you guys are all talkers. The whole chump crew, fake tough guys and tough gals out there. Big wusses in the real world. Couldn't do a damn thing. <sighs> Losers. These are human beings you're talking about. And God forbid you get infected with this disease, Cardi B and others, Chris Murphy, God forbid. I wish you the best. And I'd be praying for you too. And that's not a joke. Disgusting. All right, um, let me get to my second sponsor. And I want to get this video audio of Melania Trump, which was supposed to be, oh my gosh, Melania Trump. Look, one of our so-called friends, air quotes, people always sell out the first family. It's just unbelievable how these people like want to make a buck. So they recorded Melania Trump and they got her on tape and they're like, this is a real bombshell, Joe. Yeah. This is so horrible. Meanwhile, I'm going to play the tape and you're going to be like, I don't get it. Melania yeah. Trump sounds like she really cares about what's going on in the immigrant. You heard it. I, you heard get it. to hear it before the show. You're like, how is this damaging again? Like, yeah. is this pro Melania? I thought this was supposed to hurt them. We'll get to that in a second. Let me get to my second sponsor. You already know my second sponsor. Why? Because I did an interview on my show with the great, and I do mean the great, Dinesh D'Souza, author, filmmaker now. Dinesh D'Souza has a new film coming out. You've seen the trailer on my interview show just a couple of weeks ago with Dinesh D'Souza for what? For Trump Card. Trump Card is Dinesh D'Souza's most important film yet. I've seen it. It's amazing. It will be available on video and on demand beginning October 9th. I was privy enough to get a copy of this. It is spectacular. I am not kidding. His films are life-changing. He had Obama's America, which was a great, great film. Changed so many lives. Trump card is his newest edition. There's a new and dangerous socialist movement in America. It's threatening our American way of life. Find out who's behind it and most importantly, how to stop it. By the way, if you want to see the trailer, 
Go to my interview with Dinesh D'Souza where we talk about his movie Trump Card. Trump Cards, but beating socialism, corruption, and the deep state. Look for it on all major platforms beginning October 9th. Do not miss Trump Card video and on demand beginning October 9th. Trump Card by Dinesh D'Souza. You can watch the trailer on my interview show with him on our Rumble account and Apple Podcasts as well. Dinesh is fantastic. Some of the finest work out there. You're really going to want to see this movie, Trump Card. Don't miss it. All right, we're moving on. Thank you, Dinesh, for uh, signing on to the show there. So, you know, the left-wing media has got got in their hands, their myths, I should say, probably better describes the appendages of these losers, on some tapes, people secretly recording uh, Melania Trump. This happened to me once. It's really uh, in a terrible violation of your privacy. It really is just uh, speaks more, I believe, most times to the character of the people doing the recording than it does to the people who are surreptitiously recorded. In this case, um, a woman by the name of Stephanie, uh, Stephanie something, I don't even know her last name, don't really care, but she pretended to be Melania Trump's friend. Uh, she was uh, befriended the, the Trump family, got some contracts for the inauguration. I guess things didn't work out and decided that she was going to secretly tape the first lady and launch these devastating air quotes tapes to the media right before the election, because um, that's what losers with no spines and no integrity do. So here's one of the tapes. And this is supposed to be, again, characterized by the left-wing media. So devastating. Uncaring Melania. She's she's just got this patina around her. You can't crack her emotion. She doesn't even care about these immigrant kids. Here's Melania talking about kids being brought across the border when we had the immigration crisis early in the Trump presidency. And it's interesting because she points out how well we try to care for them, how things aren't so great in some of their home countries, how coyotes take advantage of them, you know, these human smugglers. Yeah. Um, and how that there are issues with the asylum system. Uh, how exactly is this a negative? Uh, listen for yourself. All these kids that I met, they were um, they are here in the shelters because they were they were brought by it from through coyotes, the people or trafficking, oh and God. that's why they put them in jail. And the kids that they go in shelters and the way they take care of them, it's. You know, they, they even said, the kids, they say, wow, I will have my own bed. I will sleep on the bed. I will have a cabinet for uh-huh. my clothes. It's so sad to hear it, but they have, they didn't have that in in their own countries. Right. They sleep on the floor. They are, you know, they it's are nothing. fed. They, they, are re- they are taking care nicely there. But, you know, yeah, they are not with parents. It's sad. But when they come here alone or with coyotes or illegally, you know, you need to you need to do something. Right. And a lot of, you know, a lot of like moms and kids, they 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 are teached how to do it. Of they course. they go over and they say like, Oh, we will be killed by gang member, uh, we will be the you know, we will be um, it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So they they allow to stay here. Do you understand? Yeah, I do. Mean? And they're the ones that are the bad ones. Yeah, and they are not, you know, it's not, it's not true that they would, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of them, they're using that lines that, you know, they're, they're kind of not professional, but they are, they are teached by other right. people what right. to say oh. to, to come over and to, you know, to, to let them go, to stay here. Because, you know, they could easily stay in Mexico, but they don't want to stay in Mexico because Mexico doesn't take care of them the same right. as America does. Uh, yeah. Paul, I'm gonna, can we do just like a little mini survey here? The Dan Bongino show staff. It's an extensive staff. 
hundreds of employees here. I'm just kidding. There's really only three of us. Uh, Actually, there are really no employees here. But but people I work with, let's say. So Paula, you listen to that. On a scale of one to 10, how devastating was that for Melania? 10 being politically catastrophic, the end of the Trump career. One being, what the hell are you talking about? That sounded pretty good. One to 10. Give me your number. Paul has given me a goose egg, a big zero. She's given me the donut. So a zero, meaning, ah. So Melania says it's very sad what's happening to these kids. They have nothing in their home countries. She's very proud of the fact that we give them beds and places for their stuff. She's sad that they separate with them from their parents. She's acknowledging human trafficking is a problem. And saying some of them are working, it seems like they're professionals because they already know the answer to our broken asylum questions. Joe, let me go to you again. Yes. 10 being politically catastrophic. Melania is the worst person on earth. Yes. A one being a, what the hell are you talking about? She actually sounds pretty caring in that clip. Give me your number, Joe. Ding, 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 well, ding. Well, I'm right there with Paula, baby. A zero. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you watching on Rumble, Doing the big zero. I'm going to add a third zero to that, even though I specifically said it was a one to 10 chart, just because I can and it's my show. I'm going to add a third goose egg. That is a triple goose egg, a triple zero. What the hell is that? Is this woman releasing these secretly recorded tapes to help Melania Trump? It gets worse. Now, that was long audio, so I'm not going to play the second audio, but there's more of this audio that makes her sound even more human. People want to be relatable, right? That's why they like Donald Trump. He talks like they talk. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, but that's how people talk sometimes. Now, people who live in media bubbles don't know people talk that way because they live in media bubbles. But the great Amber Athey's piece will be up in the show notes, has a piece in The Spectator about another clip. The reason I'm not playing, it goes on a little while. But she's talking to the same uh, spineless uh, person who recorded her and then gave it to the media. She's talking about Christmas decorations. Amber Athey, the spectator. Quote, the Melania tapes reveal she's even cooler than we thought. The woman who recorded her is Stephanie Winston Walkoff. Sounds very sophisticated. And CNN made a major miscalculation broadcasting these tapes. What was in the second tapes? In the second series of tapes, Melania's on the phone talking about, again, serious issues with these kids she's got to handle and deal with. And she's upset at all the time she has to decorate to formalities in the White House, like the Christmas decorations. And she's like, who gives a... It begins in an F and rhymes with uh, duck, let's say. Who gives that about Christmas decorations? And everybody at home... By the way, I love Christmas. I am a practicing Christian, as you well know. Mm -hmm. But, Paula, can you not vouch for me on this? I don't like Christmas decorations either. I'm sorry. It is not a reflection of my faith or anything. I just don't like it. I don't get the point. I don't see the point of putting stuff up. You got to take down in a few weeks. It's just me. It's just me. I love my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank God he was born on this planet. I don't like Christmas decorations. I don't like them. I'm sorry. I know some of you do. I'll probably get tons of negative feedback. I'm just saying. I like Christmas tunes. I'm okay with that. I don't mind some lights here and there. My brother goes crazy in his house up in Carl Place. Some of you <laughs> live up there. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen his house. No, I'm not kidding. Uh-huh. It's like a tourist attraction. He's got like Clark Griswold. Like he shuts the electric grid down on Long Island, my brother. <laughs> it looks great. That's his thing. 
I don't put a light, not a single light bulb on. I don't even change the light bulbs in front of my house now that aren't Christmas lights. There's been one out how long? Three weeks now? I still don't have that one. I don't want more lights. It's not my thing. So I kind of get it. And I will bet even amongst the faithful out there that a lot of you are listening to this other Melania tape where he's like, she's like, hey, I got a lot of stuff to worry about. I don't want to be bothered 24 hours a day with the Christmas design at the White House are probably like, yeah, yeah, I get get that. I get that. I know I was. Now, my wife probably, my wife loves Melania. Like, seriously, really loves Melania. But my wife probably disagrees with Melania on that. My wife loves Christmas decoration. She just loves it. We have a rule in the house, though. I I can't get involved. I just can't. I'm sorry. On principle alone, she has to do the Christmas decorations on her. She has to. You may be like, Dan, that's cruel and unusual punishment. You got to help you out. I can't on principle alone because it's just creating work. We got to unwork in just a few weeks and I can't do it. So she does it by herself. I know it's horrible. I love my wife. She's great. I try to help out with as much as I can. I do the dishes, load the dishwasher, clean up, take the kid's oatmeal bowl in the morning, put it in the sink. She never finds the oatmeal bowl when she comes back. Why? Because I take care. Put it in the sink, wash out the cups, try to do my thing. Not to decorate. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm principal alone. Principal alone. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I may lose hundreds of thousands of listeners. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to lie to you ever. I get it, Melania. I'm with you. Paula's not with you. She loves you. She loves you, but she doesn't get that. I get it. I want to take care of something. we got to save the world. I'm not worried about Christmas decorations. I'm with you, Amber, too. Amber, who wrote the piece, she gets it, too. Melania wants to take care of kids. She's not really worried about the Christmas decorations. I can't. I have arthritic elbows. Here, use the gavel. I'm with you. I can't even reach my own chest anymore. I'm, uh, for the, you hear that? I'm pounding on my I can't. It's like a meat tenderizer. I get man. it. Come on, meat, I get it. It's not a meat gavel, you <laughs> knucklehead. You know what it is. Meat tenderizer. We could use this for a meat tenderizer, though. Speaking of meat tenderizer, pick up Steve Ducey's new book, by the way. Oh, Happy in a Hurry Cookbook. This is my buddy. I totally didn't intend that, but you said it's been sitting here at my desk. This is my buddy, folks. I love Ducey. Ducey's a news guy. I'm an opinion guy. But him and his wife, Kathy, have been unbelievably good to me. Um, check it out. They got this book out now, Happy in a Hurry Cookbook, Stephen Kathy Ducey. They got a cool story in there about Kid Rock and some taco recipe that we love. This <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Seriously, I'm not even messing with you. Check it out. Happy in a Hurry Cookbook by Steve Ducey. He's a good man. All right, uh, moving on. So I do have some serious stuff. I, this is all serious, but I have some very serious stuff I want to get to. Listen, I'm, I'm really getting tired of the lies and the misinformation about the Obama-Biden economy. There's a lot of it. I haven't covered this block in a while. I know Paula loves these stories. Um, I like them a lot too. When we first started our show, there was a heavy economics bent to it and we kind of made it relatable. This segment's going to be very simple, but it's important. I can't take it anymore with the liberal misinformation campaign that Obama and Biden handed Trump this spectacular economy and he blew it. Biden said that verbatim. He blew it. Folks, it's just not true. And the thing about economics that I've always loved, the dismal science of economics, is there's data to back up assertions. You just have to look at them. Growth numbers we can see. We look at our gross domestic product, how much the economy is growing, producing. We can look at tax rates. We can look at revenue, nominal growth, inflation adjusted with their numbers. You can't lie. Well, you can lie about it. But if you do your homework, it's easy to see through. 
So I want to get to that. Let me get to my third sponsor. I'm going to go through this block. I'm going to prove to you that these constant assertions about the Obama recovery from the recession, they handed Trump this motoring economy and he fumbled the football, are total, complete fabrications, lies. They're just made up. The data doesn't support any of it. It's going to be interesting. Don't go anywhere. Our third sponsor today, appreciate your patience, are our good friends at Simply Safe. Ladies and gentlemen, Simply Safe. Here's the thing about home security companies a lot of them trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and really terrible customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. It's what we use here, Simply Safe. My wife put it together. You're like, Dan, your wife, she's always doing stuff. Do you do anything? No, I do. I just didn't do the Simply Safe either. She had it up in an hour. It's that simple. Simply Safe's got everything you need to protect your home with none of the drawbacks of traditional home security. It's got an arsenal of sensors and cameras. There's one right there. We got cameras everywhere here to blanket every room, window, and door tailored specifically to your home. We have a camera here and the other because I don't want anyone in my studio when we're not around. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. You can set it up yourself in under an hour. Paula did it herself. I woke up from a midday snoozer and it was already in. Just peel and stick the sensors exactly where you need them. There's no technician required. There's an app for it. The app's so easy to use. There's no contract, no pushy sales guy, no hidden fees, no fine print. You know why? They don't need it. All this starts at $15 a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is a great home security system. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Head to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Get that URL right and get a free HD camera for my listeners. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. By the way, that simply is with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino to make sure they know our show sent you. Again, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Check that out. You're going to love it. All right. So obviously the economy had a big obstacle thrown in the road, the coronavirus plague from China. I mean, we all get that, correct? It's, it's, and, and listen, you can knock yeah. Trump away. He had, nobody could have seen what China was going to inflict upon. No one. Uh, again, you could have been the Stygian witches from, uh, from uh, the Clash of the Titans. Like, Give me the eye and you still would have missed this coming. Having said that, there were different, you can critique the, and do report cards on that later, but it had a devastating impact on our economy. But ladies and gentlemen, the economy is recovering rapidly, like more rapidly than anybody predicted. Washington Examiner story from last week. I wanted to get to it, but we were so loaded up. 661,000 jobs created in September and unemployment dipped to 7.9%. Jay Heflin, the business editor at Washington Examiner. Folks, 7.9% employment is not spectacular. I'm not, please, please. For the liberals who watch the show and you look for stupid sound bites, please stop being a moron and listen to what I'm telling you for a moment. It's bad. The coronavirus plague has had a devastating, the, the, you know, the first cut is the deepest, <laughs> Rod Stewart's thought. This first cut was really deep. It's our first cut at uh, coronavirus. This was a novel disease. It has done some heavy duty destruction on our economy. Having said that, period, full stop, no caveats. The situation is improving rapidly, dramatically, and at a rate I don't think anybody expected. What's happening here? Well, I'll give you a personal example first. Businesses are adapting. None of this is easy for them. It's not ideal. But the American entrepreneur, I'm sorry to all the rest of the countries on earth. It's just a fact. There's nothing like the American entrepreneur. There just isn't. We are the most creative entrepreneurial people, not just on earth, but in the history of humankind. That's why our economy is the powerhouse of the world. It's just a fact. People from around the world who come here 
Come here for freedom and economic liberty and contribute to that as well. We are the economic engine of the world. Our business owners are super smart and they figure stuff out. Personal example, what I mean. Paul and I are, um, we're getting some legal advice on some financial matters, pretty common stuff, nothing extraordinary. You don't need to know the details. I don't want to bore you to death. But we needed to speak to a lawyer about it because they have expertise we don't have. Even the guy we were talking to was like, you need a special lawyer for this. But due to coronavirus, they're not doing office meetings. Okay, so what did we do? We did an hour-long meeting with the dog barking and my kids in the background. We did it on Zoom. I didn't, I'll be honest with you, folks. I didn't even know what Zoom was before this coronavirus. I had no idea. I'm serious. I, I mean, I know about video conferencing, obviously. I didn't know what Zoom was. It was a productive meeting. It was easy. Did it in the office. Did, had the other guy, did, I had two law, one financial advisor, one lawyer. I got a bunch of advice in an hour. I would have had to drive around, waste a bunch of gas. Would have had to go to two separate meetings. Done. It was over in what, 45 minutes? Businesses are adapt. That's a simple example, Zoom, but there are other ways too. Airlines are finding different ways to sanitize their planes, which you know what? In the future, is probably going to be a good thing, even when we get a coronavirus vaccine. Not everybody's going to want the vaccine. Also, you got things like flus, neuroviruses. Now that these airlines have figured out ways to use these UV devices, these UV robots, they go on the plane, they hover in the middle of the plane, not while you're on it. It does these bursts of UV light. They disinfect the whole plane. You know how many people would have gotten sick without this stuff who won't get sick in the future? Businesses are figuring it out. I saw this incredible drone. It hovers over NFL stadiums and sports stadiums. And it sprays this disinfectant spray all over the stadium. You know what that would have been 50 years ago, Joe? How would they have done that? Oh, You'd have a guy yeah. with a rag and a sprayer cleaning 50,000 seats. A bunch of Take guys, it. yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, a bunch of guys yeah. is right. I, I Believe me, I did, I've cleaned a lot of stuff. I've mopped a lot of floors. Mm -hmm. Now they got these drone robots that do it in, what, four or five hours. Bang, 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 whole place is done. You don't have, you have to waste any human labor on it at all. They say, Dan, that's costing people jobs. No, no, folks. Someone had to build the drone. Yep. <laughs> and someone had to produce the chemicals in the drone. It's got a name. The name of it is creative destruction. A phrase popularized by the great Joseph Schumpeter. How growing economies have creation and destruction. It's not all rosy. It's not all Pollyanna-ish. There was unbelievable destruction leveled on us by this plague from China. Unbelievable destruction. But with destruction comes creation and a creative component where people start to figure things out. What do you think? Americans are just going to bend the knee and sit there and go poor and starve to death? They're not going to do that. They're figuring it out. The Chick-fil-A by me still isn't open. But I can tell you what, that drive through is bopping like crazy. That drive through all day. And you know what? Their drive through operation is so unbelievably good. You, right, Paula? You get on that drive through you're like, I'm going to be here two hours. There's like 50 cars on the line. Five minutes later, you're paying, you got your food. They figured it out. Their drive through was good before. It's even better now. Bang, bang, done. At Chick-fil-A last night. Two chicken clubs, a whole thing of French fries, and I ate my wife's sandwich too. You're like, you, you're like the worst husband ever in this show. You don't do anything with your home security system. You don't do Christmas decorations, and you eat your wife's food. Yes, but those are the only three bad things. She's quietly nodding. She's like, maybe. I'll think of more by the end of the show is what she's saying. Creative destruction. We're figuring it out.
This is destructive. Let's not, you know, pretend to be idiots and ignore that. But the Trump economy is figuring it out. People are not going to sit around. And why am I bringing this up? Because you have these senseless pot shots by media lunatics who know nothing about economics. So they don't even know anything about journalism. Forget about economics. Leeching on to the Biden campaign's talking points that somehow the Obama-Biden economy was so terrific and Trump blew it. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no data to support that assertion at all. Andy Puzder has a great piece in the New York Post about this. And I'm going to do some thorough debunking here. Debunking this stupid talking point. Puzder's writing is fantastic, by the way, if you ever want to follow him on social media. Andy Puzder, New York Post, unpacking Joe Biden's lies about the Trump, uh, Trump job Trump job creation miracle. Spit it out, Dan. Let's go to takeaway number one. Because they just won't let these lies go. They won't give Trump credit for an obvious booming economy. Since you talk about the economy, economy booming, Chris Wallace told Trump at uh, last week's presidential debate. But, quote, in Obama's final three years as president, more jobs were created. A million and a half more jobs than the first three years of your presidency, Mr. Trump. Wallace was echoing one of Biden's campaign's uh, talking points. But here's the thing. That talking point depends on misleading and cherry-picked data. Most significantly, it ignores the worker shortage during Trump's second and third years in office. Obviously, it's harder to add jobs when employers can't find workers. But rather than economic an economic shortcoming, this shortage was a result of the Trump economy's booming. And its booming produced job openings so abundant that they exceeded the number of people looking for work by a lot. Folks, let me sum this up for you. Chris Wallace is echoing Biden's talking point that the last three years we created more jobs than the first three years of the economy. There are two things there. Number one, it's easy to create jobs, as Andy Puzder brilliantly states. When you've been in an eight-year recession, Obama couldn't dig us out of, and there are all these open, uh, open jobs out there. It's easy. There's people to fill them. There's people unemployed. There's been eight years of unemployment. There's record low job, force, uh, job labor force participation. There's workers everywhere. It's not hard to fill jobs. You've been so terrible that there's unemployed people all over the place to fill the open jobs. The problem with the Trump economy is it boomed so quickly once we got rid of Obama that they ran out of workers to fill the jobs. Oh, Dan, surely you're making that up. Am I? Let's go to takeaway number two from Andy Puzzler's piece. You think I'm nuts? Quote, every month, the National Federation of Independent Businesses asks business owners to name the most important problem facing your business today. The number one and number two most important problems under Obama-Biden were, not surprisingly, <laughs> high taxes and burdensome, unpredictable regulations. Should we elect Biden president, those will come back. Here. Number two, by contrast, once Trump cut taxes and slashed regulations in 2017, Business growth accelerated and business owners identified, quote, finding qualified workers as the most pressing problem they faced. The numbers, the full numbers, prove the point. Ladies and gentlemen, don't ask me. Just ask the business owners out there in their own survey. When Obama and Biden wasn't, were in charge, what are your two biggest problems? Taxes and regulations. That's not me. 
That's not me talking. Yes, I can echo that. That's correct. I'm a business owner. That's the actual business owners in the survey. Trump gets elected. He's only in charge a couple of years. They ask the same question. Like, what's your biggest problem? Man, we can't find enough workers. This Trump economy is so hot. I can't find anybody to fill the job. Again, we're all, we're all crazy. The NFIB, the National Federation of Independent Business, we're all nuts. We're all making this up. The Obama economy was so bad for so long. There were so many unemployed people that it was easy to fill jobs at the end of his term when the American entrepreneur figured out a way around Obama. That's what happened. Trump then doubled and tripled down on a growing economy and it got so hot they couldn't even find workers anymore. Don't take my word for it. Just read the data. I know you don't want to read data, liberals, but try. Let's go to the third takeaway from Puzzler's piece about job openings again. For eight years of Obama-Biden, there wasn't a single month when job openings exceeded the number of people unemployed. Zero. Zero. In fact, when Obama-Biden left office in January 2017, there were 1.9 million more people unemployed than there were job openings. So there was an abundance of people looking for work. There you go. But too few job opportunities open to them. There you go again. A little more than a year later, listen to this, in March of 2018, that situation had reversed. In case you didn't know, liberals, that's when Trump was in charge. Following Trump's regulatory overhaul and passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, employment openings exceeded the number of people unemployed for the first time on record going back to 2000. <laughs> Folks, don't take my word for it. Just look at the data if you do that kind of thing. If you don't, I get it. Whatever state, you know, what is it? The stay thirsty guy? Stay ignorant. Stay, stay ignorant, fellas. Stay ignorant. You know, that's, we need a new stay thirsty guy. The stay ignorant guy. We need him on that show. Can we get an actor dressed up? Maybe Joe, you put on a beard mask like the stay thirsty guy. Stay, yes. stay ignorant, folks. Maybe. I mean, are you, what's wrong with you knuckleheads? Can you not read the data? Just acknowledge the Obama Biden situation sucked. You may say, Dan, it can't possibly get any worse. Oh, sure it can. Sure it can. Let me get to my last sponsor. I'm going to show you again how the Obama-Biden regime lorded over the worst recovery from a recession in modern American history. And yet Biden's running on this. Worst recovery in American history. Biden, 2020. I'm going to show you the data. I mean, even CNN acknowledges, by the way. Yeah, I know, shocker. An active, actual journalistic... Uh, Integrity. Not so much. They try to couch it later, but stay tuned. You'll get what I'm saying. Final sponsor today, ExpressVPN. You know what big tech and big government have in common? They both want to silence any dissenting voices into submission. Let's say you're a proud gun owner. And you want to talk on social media about the Second Amendment. Well, chances are your post will be flagged by a content moderator and you might end up with some kind of government watch list. Wouldn't be surprised at all. The fight back against having your voice censored by big tech and big government, we use and I recommend ExpressVPN. See, the problem with big tech is not only they attempt to censor you, but they also track what you do online. They track what you're searching for, the videos you watch, and everything you click. They can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. Did you know that? When I use ExpressVPN, they can't see my IP address at all. My identity is hidden from them by a secure VPN server. It's anonymized. 
Plus, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of my internet, internet data for protection from hackers and eavesdroppers. Nice. We love that. ExpressVPN is by far the best VPN I've tried. We love it here. We have one of the routers, too. It's the VPN rated number one by CNET, Wired, and countless other tech publications. What I love most about ExpressVPN is it couldn't be easier to use. I am not tech savvy like the lovely Paula, but I figured it out. She's doing a little bow. The app has one button. You tap it, you're protected. It's really that simple. Stop letting big tech and big government censor and track you. Defend your rights and protect yourself today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get three months free. Go today, expressvpn.com slash Bongino to learn more. All right, getting back to this. Uh, I, I am. I'm just frustrated with these people who just refuse to do, just acknowledge that the Obama-Biden economy was terrible. And if you're Joe Biden, say, recommend some things to fix it and to tinker with it to make it better. I'm not going to vote for you. Most Republicans won't, but at least you be honest. But these lies like, oh, we handled, we handed uh, President Trump this motoring economy and he dropped the football are just garbage. So I did a little homework to show you what I'm telling you is absolutely true. And as I like to do, I like to use left-wing sources that are typically fake news to show you that even the fake news specialists can't run away from data because they know you'll look it up. Here's an article by, of all places, CNN. Fake news specialists, that's what they do. They are the they are gold medal winners of fake news. CNN Business. This is by Heather Long and Tammy uh, Luby. This is from 2016. Yes, this is the slowest U.S. recovery since World War II. By the way, liberals, 2016 meeting Obama was still in charge. Trump didn't swear in until January of 2017. I know facts and stuff are hard. That's CNN. Now, they try to couch their criticism of Obama because they don't want to tell you the full truth. But even CNN is forced to acknowledge in their piece that what Trump had been saying and has said now in the debates for re-election repeatedly, that President Obama and Joe Biden were in charge for the worst recovery from a recession in modern American history, is in fact true. Look at this, CNN, this isn't the Babylon Bee, this isn't the Onion, this is from the CNN piece. In terms of the average pace of GDP growth, this is the slowest expansion on record, says Lakshman, I don't know, co-founder of the Economic Cycle Research Institute. Piece goes on. The U.S. economy has only grown 2% a year since it bottomed out in June of, 20, of 2009. That's far below the typical growth in rosy times of over 4% a year that the U.S. has experienced since World War II. It's even below the rather sluggish rebound during President George W. Bush's tenure of 2.7% growth. Folks, I'm not making that up. Paula didn't Adobe Photoshop that. That's CNN forced to acknowledge in their own piece in 2016 that President Trump's assertion that Joe Biden and Barack Obama had the worst recovery from a recession as presidents and vice president in modern American history is, in fact, absolutely true. You can't get away from the numbers. GDP growth, productivity numbers, how an economy grows, were the lowest under those two, Obama and Biden, than any president in modern times coming out of a recession. They have the record for horribleness. There was a horrible Olympics. They're number one in the sprint, way ahead of everyone else. Now, of course, because CNN just can't leave it at the truth, they have to try to couch this in a bunch of caveats. But, but, but this, their caveats are BS too. They say, but, don't, don't worry, folks. It's a long expansion under Obama. 
yeah, may have, we may not have had a lot of growth. It may have been the worst, but it was the worst for really long. Quote, <laughs> this is the same article. Plenty of experts say, but hold on. This recovery may be slow, but it's also lasted a long time. Far longer than usual. So, Joe, it just sucked for really long. Is there exactly. And job growth has been good. <laughs> really? We're in the fourth longest expansion in U.S. history, notes Akathan. Since World War II, the American economy has typically grown for about five years and then had a contraction. This expansion is already over seven years old. So if you're reading this and you're a liberal and you don't know what you're talking about, you're like, oh, okay. So Obama had the slowest recovery from a recession in U.S. history. But it just, it sucked, but it sucked for a long time. So if you're going to have low numbers, at least have them be low for long. And, you know, that makes it really special. Obama did such a good job. Uh, no, not so much. That's not actually how we do things. So let's go to this Investor's Business Daily article, which I put in the show notes. This one's from 2015, but it's still worth your time. That actually tells you the truth. So let's look at the length. It's, you're saying, oh, it was longer, so therefore it was better, the Obama recovery. That could have gone a lot of different places. You get the point. So yeah. Investor's Business Daily has this article. Sorry, this is still the worst economic recovery ever. That's the real headline, by the way. That's a, that's a big time monthly right there. Perfectly timed monthly right there. But it gets even better. Oh. I may need another monthly after we read this. So get fire up the monthly trigger right here. Right. This is from the IBD piece. So now let's look at the length and let's go length for length. Because they're saying, oh, no, no, length, the, the, the length, length matters, folks. Winking or not. Quote, Investors Business Daily. Democrats used to disparage the Reagan expansion as nothing special. Yet the growth rate over the first 25 quarters under Ronald Reagan was 34% versus 14.3% under Obama. So we're holding the length constant, length constant, 25 quarters. <laughs> How much does this matter? Well, if we'd grown at an average pace in GDP-wise in 2015, we would have been about $1.8 trillion higher. Under Reagan's recovery, growth would have been $2.7 trillion higher. I'm waiting for your monthly. <laughs> it was an uncomfortable pause. Give me another one. I need to get, I was in the mood for that. And you, you give me quick. Okay, that wasn't a double monthly, just to be sure. That was a single yeah. with a pause because Joe wasn't as quick yeah. on the trigger finger I, as I, I thought he'd be. Yeah. That's not a double monthly. <laughs> yeah. That's that don't we know everybody knows the category system with monthly. It's just definitely a single monthly, though. But there's no way that's a double. Maybe a yeah. 1.5 like that, where it gets cut off in the middle. But so when you hold the length of the recovery constant, it's still not true. Obama's recovery still sucks. Again, I know data is hard for all you people who write for CNN and stuff out there, but just try once in a while to do actual journalism thing. So CNN tries to, again, in 2016, defend the Obama-Biden dreadful record. Again, the only reason I bring this up again is because it's going to come up at the next two debates again. We had this great recovery, Joe Biden's going to tell you. Me and Barack Obama, no, no, it was the worst in modern American history. That's just a fact, Joe. You like them apples? Eat them apples. So in this older CNN piece, they try to defend them again. They say, no, 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 but it's the baby boomers, Joe. A talking point I've debunked a thousand times in the show. The baby boomers got old under Barack Obama and they left. Quote, CNN piece, the baby boomer effect. Then there's the fact that the U.S. had to climb out of the deepest hole since the Great Depression. While growth has been slow, notice how they keep acknowledging it, but there's always a but. It's been a lot better in the U.S. than in Europe and Japan. 
So their talking point is, yeah, it really sucks, <laughs> but it doesn't suck as bad as the even more socialist Europeans and the, J- the Japan economy. But it goes on. They say, plus the economy is dragged as the, in the U.S. as baby boomers, boomers have begun to retire. Totally not true, by the way. Uh, there simply aren't as many people working as there once were. Growth overall has been slowing in America since the 70s as the population ages and productivity stalled. Folks, there's no evidence that baby boomers left the workforce at all. That's a whole other bit. Say they did. Play their game for a minute. That's not a true, that's false. But say it was true that, well, Obama struggled a little bit under the Obama-Biden regime because older folks were retiring. Okay. Well, let's look at this. Let's go back to the Investor's Business Daily piece. The Reagan recovery was abnormally strong in part because it happened as millions of baby boomers were swept into the workforce adding to growth. All right. But even on a per capita basis, again, that's called a control factor, controlling for this stuff, real GDP has grown only 9%. Versus 18.8% for the average recovery. That is the lowest of any post-1960 recovery. Again, they're talking about the Obama recovery. The growth decline in this key gauge of living standards is alarming. So even when we look at it per person, per person, the Obama-Biden recovery still sucked by historic proportions. Dude, you know what you look like today? You're killing me, Joe. I thought you. Oh! Come on, man. Don't dare cut that out. Sometimes don't, don't. Joe Blood, the audience has to see that too. When I blow it, I'm. No, no, it's staying in. He's usually good at reading my mind. That was a monthly. Come on, guy. That may have been a half a month. Because that was a little harder to understand. But it basically says what I'm telling you that when you control for the population effect, retiring, and you do it per capita, the Obama Biden recovery still sucked. There's no, there's no getting, there's just no finagling, massaging the data. What is it? Reiki, massage, whatever they do. I don't even know what that thing they do with their elbows and crap. Sports massage, they start needing, there's no massaging that data. Whatever way you look at it, the Obama-Biden economy really, really sucked. Per person, per year, productivity, length. Not length, inflation adjusted, nominal. It was the worst. The worst. You think we did a good job eviscerating the Obama economy? I hope so. Yeah. Hold on. One more thing I got to get to today. I was going to wrap it up a little early, given the intense week this is going to be for the Bongino family. Man. It's okay. It's okay. We'll be all right. Me and Joe laugh about things all the time because humor is the best way of dealing with it. Yeah. We were laughing before the show about stuff because you have to, but the show must go on. One more, because it's a full-time job dismantling all this liberal BS. So now I, I've left you, I hope, not with the appearance, but the conclusion based on facts that the Obama-Biden economy was in fact the worst in modern history because it's just data. Data doesn't lie. What is Ben Shapiro's line? Facts don't care about your feelings. That's a great line. I wish I would have thought of that first. He's right. I don't care how you feel about Joe Biden. The facts are his economy economy really sucked. But he said something else at the debate, which is just so easily debunked and discredited by simple (laughs) internet searches and research, you know, that thing. Wall Street Journal said this. He was at the debate, the first debate, which he lost handily. And he kept saying, President Trump wants to get rid of uh, pre-existing conditions and get rid of Obamacare and 100 million people are going to lose their health care. 
Wall Street Journal editorial board, pre-existing condition fiction. Biden repeats the same false claims about Obamacare that Democrats use every election. So just to be clear on what his claim is, because Biden's a liar. It's like he's lying about his economic record with uh, Obama. He's suggesting that if Obamacare goes away, that 100 million people with pre-existing conditions, that's a quote, by the way, 100 million people, are going to lose their health care. My gosh. Joe, that's serious. There's only 330 million people in the country. Yeah. 100 million? I'm serious, right? I'm not sure. That's really, listen, I now have a pre-existing condition. My Mm -hmm. wife does. My wife's been dealing with a chronic illness her whole life. That's a serious thing. I'd be scared too. Unfortunately, it's a lie and it's totally, completely made up. 100 million people are not going to lose their health care with pre-existing conditions. Wall Street Journal, quote, the question isn't how many Americans have a health condition, but how many Americans buying insurance in the individual insurance market have a pre-existing condition that makes them difficult to insure at a price they can pay. Keep in mind, Obamacare set up a subsidized transitional plan for anyone with pre-existing conditions denied insurance in the individual market. Their peak enrollment had to be 100 million people, right, Joe? That's what Biden said. Peak yeah. enrollment. It was in 2013. You rumble viewers get to view, look ahead here. Their peak enrollment in 2013, excuse me, was 115,000 people. Peak. Well, why is that, folks? Because there are a lot of people with pre-existing conditions. A lot. They have Medicaid. They have Medicare. Some of them have private insurance. Some of them are self-insured. A lot of them are insured by their employer. When Obama offered the the Obamacare a pre-existing condition transitional plan, the largest number of people ever that enrolled was only 115,000. So where is Joe Biden getting 100 million people? (laughs) I think you know the answer. From Joe Biden land. He's just making it up. (laughs) Joe Biden just makes everything up. There's no data whatsoever. to He keeps saying it to support that number. None. We're not talking about how many people have pre-existing conditions. Stop that. We get that. Talk about how many are going to lose insurance if Obamacare goes away. The most number they've ever had is 115,000. Even worse, the Obamacare plan for pre-existing conditions is a disaster because nobody takes it. Screenshot number two from the Wall Street Journal piece. You think we're messing with you here? There was a 2018 survey that found that more than 90%, not nine, 90% of National Cancer Institute designated cancer centers are out of network for some or all health exchange carriers in their state, i.e. Obamacare. The survey notes that coverage mandates have accelerated the use of narrow networks to control health uh, health plan costs on the exchanges. So yeah, Joe Biden's 115,000 people, not 100 million, with pre-existing conditions. You can get crappy Obamacare, but just nobody's going to take it. You're technically insured. You just can't actually get health care. I'd rather actually get health care and not be technically insured. Oh, don't you think, Joe? Yeah, it's better. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just going to throw that out there. Would no, you rather yeah. have so-called great insurance that no doctor actually takes, or would you rather be able to see a doctor with insurance everybody thinks sucks? I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. Probably option two, I would just guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reminds me of that old line, right? You, my my uh, buddy Scott put this up in his Facebook. He says, uh, I'd rather be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, amen, brother. You're darn right. Scott Lewis, Paula's favorite. 
my old Secret Service friend. Did I, I am I allowed to out him? It's got a common enough name, like Chris Murphy. No one will ever be able to find him. But he's a good dude. Enough, Scott. So, yes, the pre-existing conditions, you may have Obamacare, but you just can't use it when you get a condition like cancer. Folks, these 115,000 people with pre-existing conditions that enrolled that are hard to insure, do you realize we could give them give them $100,000 cash each for their medical condition? Some of them wouldn't cost that much. Some of them would cost more. But you could give them $100,000 each, and the cost of insuring them would be only $11 billion. Yet we had to do Obamacare for everyone that's going to cost tens of trillions of dollars. For 115,000 people. Their problems are serious. Believe me, I'm going through it now. It's nothing to sneeze at. But let's talk about those problems in a serious tone that's data-driven. I thought data and science mattered. There are not 100 million people with pre-existing conditions who are going to have their insurance canceled. You're just making that up. Finally, one final point on this. Ladies and gentlemen, the idea of direct subsidies to these people through states or elsewhere, is it the best idea? I'm not sure. There's, there's a way. I have a couple ideas on how to fix this. You know, we could write off care, volunteer care by doctors and hospitals, full write-offs for them, uh, something I brought up in the past. You could subsidize them directly. You could have transferable HSAs from generation to generation where that money would build tax-free. There are a number of solutions, and I'm open to all of them. But don't forget the purpose of insurance in the first place. Why do we have insurance? You ever think about this? This is going to end the show with that today. If we didn't have an insurance system, right, we have things we need to insure. But say there was no insurance system at all, anywhere. Nobody knows anything about it. What would you have to do? The threat of your house burning down or you getting involved in a, uh, God forbid, a health incident or a health incident involving you, it's a car accident, whatever it may be, is very serious. So what would we all have to do? All of us would have to keep a cash pile on the side, hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for unexpected medical bills and God forbid our house burned down so we could rebuild it. All of us would have to keep hundreds of thousands of dollars taken out of the economy that could be used for investment to build your business. You can't do it. You've got to keep it on the sun. Keep in mind, this is a world with no insurance. Nobody knows what it is. The reason insurance is so great when it's done right, such a great idea, is now we don't all have to do that. We have to take a sliver of our income that most of us put in to a health insurance system or what else, based on risk, and that sliver of the income is put in, and these insurance companies, and we all balance the risk among us, so not every single one of us has to keep hundreds of thousands of dollars in a savings account. God forbid something happens, we only have to keep thousands instead. Everybody benefits. But that system benefits based on a risk adjustment, where people who are riskier, people who ride motorcycles, who smoke, have to pay more. Or else it's not an insurance system. It's a welfare system. And another way we keep insurance markets like health insurance healthy and supple when we need them is we don't include in, say, home insurance plans. We don't allow a guy building a nuclear reactor down the block, and they're very safe now, but we don't allow them to jump in the home insurance market. We let them insure their own thing. Why? Because although nuclear power is very safe, God forbid there's an accident, it's pretty catastrophic. So we don't throw them in with the regular home insurance people for a mortgage. That's why we shouldn't have high-risk folks 
in regular insurance pools. We should have them in separate pools and high risk pools where we can help them directly based on a very high risk in a different way. We shouldn't let anybody die or stay sick. But you can't keep an insurance market healthy and supple if you're going to treat a high risk patient and give them a direct subsidy in that market. It doesn't work that way. Again, it's the equivalent of just throwing people into a home insurance market, building, you know, a 75-story condo with shoddy construction. Everyone paying home insurance rates is going to go up when the building collapses. You get it? Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a whole economics thing, but sometimes I love these kind of shows. Paula likes them too. I do. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Let me give you just a quiz, quick tease for the rest of the week. Um, we have two interviews coming up this week. I have a, a medical procedure I have to go through, so I'm going to be out of action for uh, just a little bit, but we'll have original shows all this week. They're all very timely. Uh, one with Alan Bakari, who wrote an incredible book uh, called Defeated about the social media tech tyrants. You're never going to believe. Remember that machine learning fairness thing I'm talking about, how they're using AI to discriminate against conservatives? Yeah. He gives detailed examples of all that happening. You're going to love that. That's coming up this week. Also, another spectacular interview with Michael Anton, who wrote that piece, The Coming Coup, where he describes exactly what the Democrats' plans are after the election. We got that and a bunch of original shows this week. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to my video show. Download the Rumble app today. It's got the green arrow, rumble.com. Watch my show, rumble.com slash Bongino. Also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.